Hello and welcome to Duelist Community Raw, episode 25. I am doing it for me, solely me, as always. Even, even when it's through the perception of other, it's still for me. And as long as I maintain that priority, it informs everything. And, and through that fulfillment in myself, the, the lack of the need to do things for anyone else to get myself anywhere through the perception of quote unquote other people there there's a freedom that comes with that and what it's starting to come down to is how how well can i express that freedom that lack of desire to get anywhere other than where i am any other place than i am here now and i'm i'm glad i have places to to chat about it, but recognizing that the point isn't isn't the clarity. It's just the embodiment of freedom that you're able to express along the way. It's been life changing to say the least. And I agree. I love this conversation. I love everything to do with this project, not just the conversation, but the community members, the questions, the dialogue that goes back and forth, even some of the obstacles that we face from time to time in terms of like something on the website not working or somebody having difficulty with a ticket that they might have purchased. That's all fun for me. I, I really enjoy just getting in there and creating and being a part of all of this as it grows. I'm perfectly happy on my own. I really enjoy my life. There isn't a single thing about me that feels like it lacks from moment to moment. And when I think about what would I want to do for eternity, this is very much it. Whatever this turns into, even, it's not just this, it's the process of just unapologetically expressing myself and sharing everything that I am with you without worrying about what you think of it. Because at least then I know whatever you think of it, you're at least being exposed to me, genuinely me. And that's the best thing I can do for you or me or anything else. And so I'm very excited to be here with you. I love this. And I'm really looking forward to continuing on with you and of course, Andrew and the rest of our community as we move forward. So with all that said, I hope you enjoy this live stream that is Dualist Unity Raw, episode 25. It's kind of weird not having an episode yesterday. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I know. <laughs> like we're actually starting our week on a Monday. Right? You had a good weekend? Uh, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was nice, fun. Saturday was a long day, but like I, really, I didn't, really didn't drink that much, so it was nice because it's like, oh, I... <laughs> I don't have to. It's like a whole. Know, it's funny. We can talk about it on this call, but for yeah, sure, it was, it was fun. That's awesome. I'm just <laughs> enabling fun. everything here. You go right ahead and tell me about your weekend. All right. Um, yeah. So it was fun. So I went out um, Saturday. There's this thing called Gasparilla in Tampa. It's like there's some history, and it's kind of just become like a, a day of partying um, and guys dress up as pirates there's some historical thing with the whole pirate thing and there's a big you know pirate type presence in tampa bay area you know football teams called the buccaneers uh, and whatever so gasparilla is like i don't know just a, a party day at this point and so i was out uh pretty much all day and it's like a, a morning people start type thing um so i had a few drinks in the morning and then just kind of i was out all day but i was very much like having a drink every here and there and and drinking water and it was like i i never got to a point where i felt like 
even that drunk, it was more just like, I don't know. I was just enjoying being out. We went to a couple party pregame things throughout. The weather's nice down here. It's like it was, you know, quote unquote colder on Saturday, but it was like 60 degrees, all 60 Fahrenheit. So, you know, whatever that is, what is that? 20, 20 Celsius, maybe ish, 15, 20. Um, nice enough. So, nice. yeah. And, and then, uh, yeah. And I mean, now it's like 75, uh, which is probably closer to, uh, uh, 20 25 celsius trying to do that quick in my head but yeah it was a fun day and then eventually we were out later and uh, there i i posted that that vlog yesterday from it um i've been i've been liking getting some of those out there here and there and i was able to sort of cross promote our alcohol episode in it which i i figured that could work that could actually be something if i do more vlogs just like focusing the topic that I talk about on a recent episode or something, just another way to cross promote. But yeah, I, I was talking to uh, these two girls I had met at the bar and they both had uh, crosses on. I, I love having those chats with people because they both had uh, crosses on. And so they were, you know, Catholic, but most like most kids that age in their 20s who are Catholic are nominally Catholic. And usually it's just out of fear and like, the the foisting of responsibility and whatnot and so i i of course just like so have you guys recognized that you're god though and they were just like what are you talking about what do you mean god like no i don't and i was like so what do you think god is like well well i don't know like the creator of everything i don't know and it's like do you think he's like an old man up in the sky and and usually to that one people are like well no like it's some obvious thing. It's like, well, then what is your idea of of him? Do you think it's a him? And so I was just asking a bunch of questions like that, just kind of going off. And eventually it just kind of they they just stopped sort of responding, but we were still talking. So I was like, all right, they've had enough. I'll keep I'll keep talking um about some other stuff. But it was pretty funny because they just no one ever talks about that stuff so they don't even know how to possibly react to that type of situation but it was fun and uh yeah eventually yeah things just the night ended and and whatnot but uh yeah it was it was fun well as i i do enjoy bringing that up to people uh here and there especially when you start getting into some some depth of a conversation not necessarily that depth but then you just keep going with it and because I don't really give a shit of like how the outcome is going to be like I used to when I was younger, like in college, especially I'd be super concerned. Like I wouldn't bring something like that up because I'd be afraid that the girl would run away or something. And now that I don't really care <laughs> so much about that, there, there's no uh, no barrier to me bringing up any any topic. And so, you know, eventually I'm sure there's going to be someone or whoever that uh, I bring that up to and they don't they're like more intrigued than afraid and then i'll be like all right let's uh let's keep chatting that that has happened uh, a couple times in the past and you know it's always leads to at least a decent relationship for a bit but yeah well, <laughs> was- in my opinion you're saving yourself some time and, and a bit of a headache by just getting through the uncomfortable stuff like why beat around the bush when you can just in a couple of sentences say very clearly this is how i think about things or i do think about things 
and this is how the conversation is going to go. And you're giving them some indication, at least, of whether or not they want to get involved. You're being honest about it, right? And I think that's really important. But you're right. You have to get past that need to be liked. You have to get past that need to you know, get anything out of any conversation outside of the conversation in itself. But once you're there, you're free. But um, as somebody who's gone through all that, that phase, like I said, I used to introduce myself as God. So that was always a fun conversation starter. Um, I just wanted to say to our listener and our viewers that there are other ways to get into the conversation. There are numerous ways. It's always important to go in and, and rock a few boats because again, you're saving yourself time. But when that one person does stick around and they have questions, nuance, sensitivity, empathy, all that fun stuff, which we will be talking about this coming weekend on February 4th and 5th in detail, we'll be doing a four-hour workshop, 7 p.m. on Saturday and Sunday on relationships and dating. And we're going to go through all of these things, considerations, things to watch out for, things that you want to do, regardless of your mind telling you, don't do that. There's a lot to discuss. So if you'd like to join us, tickets are available at dualisticunity.com. Feel free to purchase those. Um, if you are a Patreon supporter, you get a discount. Don't forget to look up your discount. Of course, uh, I think it's 30 to 50%, depending on your tier. And it's going to be a fun conversation. Admittedly, it's one of my favorite topics in general, because I talk to so many clients about relationships as a whole, whether it be relationships with uh, somebody that they're currently dating or the process of being out in the field dating as a whole being single or if you just got out of a long-term relationship and you're trying to get back into the mix these are all things that are worthy of conversation but unfortunately we can't just cover it here in one episode and it would be less fruitful to do so because you're not here to talk to us about what you're going through which is why i like the workshops there will be one hour of conversation with andrew and i and then one hour of q a each day perfect opportunity for you to ask questions share your story hear other people's point of view because they're going to be there with you as well it's a lot of fun workshops are absolutely great um we do have a couple other things to talk about i'll just pass this back to andrew first before i get to more announcements and see if he has anything else he'd like to mention yeah just excited for that workshop i think uh it'll be fun because ray and i are coming at it from sort of two different angles as as we always do with things i mean everyone has their own unique experience and we certainly have um pretty vastly differing backgrounds with with everything but also just our the point in life that we're at and the experiences that we're currently having uh ray more so being in a longer term relationship for the last 19 or so years and myself not being in any sort of relationship right now just my experiences of being kind of in that age where people start to think about marriage and kids and have all these made up societal ideas and and bars where it's like oh by 30 you should be married and have kids and by 40 you know be set in your job and working your way up and all this just made up bullshit that doesn't actually exist and so it'll be fun to discuss relationships uh and and the process of dating uh next weekend and yeah because especially coming out from the perspective that we come at everything from to a degree um of recognizing yourself and everyone and so if you're recognizing that and having you know some difficulty with i don't know moving through sort of relationships in that and and talking you know wanting to talk about 
these types of things with people. It's not always the most welcomed conversation. And so there has to be a willingness to prioritize yourself and the conversations that you want to have. And with that comes a willingness to let go of the need for someone to come with you on that path. And it it always has to come down to, to you and being complete in yourself and having your experience for you. And with that, you know, people don't always stick around so much. And so there has to be a balance, but not so much a balance that you're sacrificing your own experience. So anyway, that's a lot of the stuff that we're going to, we're going to talk about next weekend. Um, if you have questions on this live stream, like we're happy to touch on some things for sure, but, um, I know we have some other stuff that we want to get into. So I'll, I'll pass back to Ray. <laughs> we do. We do have some other stuff that we want to get into, but one more thing, just because it's coming up pretty shortly, uh, Tuesday night, 6 PM this week, we're going to be doing a roundtable episode, but our roundtable episodes have been reformatted in that we're going to be doing them like we did for dualistic unity raw episode 20 where basically it's members of our community. So tier two and tier three supporters have the option to join us for a group episode tomorrow night, 6 p.m. Eastern time. You can find the link and the registration form on Patreon. You can also look at the contact section on our website. There's a link to it there. And you get to join us for an hour and 45 minutes as we go around and talk about different topics. Of course, there will be an audience participating as there is right now in the comments section, which means that we'll be going around answering questions. If you can't join us on screen, then you're more than welcome to join us in the comments section and help inform and inspire the conversation as it goes on. But we're going to do this every second Tuesday. So there's going to be a round table now every second Tuesday, which I'm very excited about because I love round table episodes. And then every alternate Tuesday, we're going to be doing a call-in show like we did last Tuesday, which was a lot of fun in my opinion. Oh yeah, those those are a blast. I'm really excited about the new format for Tuesday uh, Twitches because yeah, both get more and more people involved. The one with, uh, you know, a more... Um, little bit more formal and people who are already involved in the conversation the other with the call-in show being potentially brand new people um who may have questions and that's a part that i really enjoy because um I've, i went back and i've been going through clipping up some stuff from some of our early episodes and it's really interesting and, and kind of funny for me to watch myself back in early especially early season one but pretty much all of season one and into season two and it's like there's there's not really a line where it where it shifts it's just like this progression of becoming more and more comfortable uh less and less hesitant just more and more free in myself is very interesting to see because even my tone of voice and when i go back to videos that i filmed back then my tone of voice is like way different. It was way more rigid and serious and sort of hesitant. And this was after, mind you, after I had, you know, woken up or, you know, whatever. And it just goes to show how much it is a moment to moment process. It is still, there is still so much depth beyond letting go of the idea of yourself or recognizing that you're not what you think you are. There is still quite the process of going through understanding that just because you're not what you've always thought that you were doesn't mean that you're some other thing that you think you are. And, and along the way, we sort of settle upon different 
I don't know, depths to which we recognize that we are or aren't what we think we are. Uh, and, and through that, you know, you get more and more free, but it, it doesn't mean that whenever you have that recognition, it's going to change everything immediately. Like there's still going to be a process. It is still as much as it is one set process. It does take time. You've built some insane habits over the last, you know, however long you have thought objectively that you were always what you thought you were. And so it takes time to unravel those and and kind of peel them back. And so I think it's cool. It really is cool. Cause as much as it's weird for me to go back and be like, Oh man, I was, I was really fucking stiff back then. Um, and, and it can, it's kind of, I guess it, there's part of me that's like, it's hard to listen to, but at the same time, I know that that was a part of my process and then progress. And I am very grateful that that is how things started. And that part of the conversation was had. And and I was, as much as I had a lot of questions, I was also embodying the degree of freedom that I felt in myself along the way. And that's very palpable in the episode. Like you, you can see it in, in the flow, like the things that you've said and, and the things that you've embodied haven't shifted as much, but I would say that our flow certainly has and, and the freedom of this conversation and just the comfort with talking about anything and everything that we've discussed over, over the last year and a half has certainly shifted. So it's cool to, to see the, all of the different aspects sort of progressing. And there's going to be a point, you know, probably in another year and a half where I look at these episodes, be like, Ooh, man, I was still kind of stiff and rigid. And even though it's so such a, a vast degree different than it was a year and a half ago. Now it's like, it's always happening. And so, you know, you're always just doing your best and seeing things as, as well as you can and, and discussing them. So definitely don't get too caught up in trying to be, super clear all the time just express yourself and and that if anything that's what's going to be that's what's going to allow you to feel more freedom is just going through the process of doing so but you can't get from you know zero to a hundred it's like you gotta take every step along the way and it's important to remember that oh my god is it ever so important to remember that over and over and over and over again remember especially as you're still going through concepts and, and trying to figure yourself out. There's a long process. There's, there's infinite layers to this. It, it takes a long time to make that intuitive leap that you can actually just transcend the layers. You actually can just step outside the whole goddamn process, but you can't fake that. And it's not something that you can be like, oh, I'm just going to step outside the process without practice. And I mean this sincerely. Like I've been at this half my life in my 40s. Just recently, am I getting more and more glimpses of, oh, right, I don't have to do that. And it's not so much the process of going through all my thoughts and narrowing down the concepts and being clever or intelligent because that all gets in the way. It really does. But it's a long process and it's one that you should embrace that way. Like constantly remember like, right, however I'm describing this right now is just how I'm describing this right now, right? Because you can get lost in that, uh, that conceptual trap, right? Where you start to understand that everything's a concept, but then you can't let that go. That makes sense. Like you start to 
question the nature of of questioning we talked about this before right like understanding that everything you think is a concept is great let it go like just understand all all of your thoughts are concepts everything that that is a an idea is a concept great perfect perfect now you know that that's it just watch for them right don't attach them you don't have to be more and more clever about that you just need to master that and that's just constantly going through it over and over and over again it's really important to to recognize that that it's not about being clever it's not about being able to say these things to other people and walk away going yeah i really taught them something it really isn't like that's a temporary high that that's something that feels really good because Maybe you're coming from a place where you didn't feel like you understood a bunch of stuff, which is fine because it's a nice contrast to the feeling of, oh, God, I'm confused. None of this makes any sense. And so you're starting to make sense of it. But it's so tempting to use all that as self-defining. It's really tempting to look at yourself and go, look how clever I am. You know, because I can I can wordsmith concepts. And and that's not the same as applying them being free. Right. Like to recognize everything's a concept, you can say, well, that's a concept. Yeah. Okay. Or we could just stop there in reality, right? Before you start thinking about it again. And that's the practice is that infinitesimally small point where you've stopped thinking, where you're not investing in the concepts. Not that you're telling yourself that's a concept. Because eventually you're not going to have to do that, but you actually have that small period of time where you're free of all of it. And then you expand it and you continue to expand that feeling over time until the majority of your life is free of concepts. And that's not a concept. See, I can use concepts to describe it, but the experience itself is what we're trying to describe. And none of the concepts describe the experience. They don't describe the reality. They're trying to, but the reality itself is something else, which is why concepts are useful until you recognize they're not reality. You can use them, but they will never be reality. So no matter how you try to describe it, it's always going to end up being inaccurate, which is why, and this is where we're going to go next, I think. I love paradoxes. I love a paradox because a paradox is not something that you can just wrap up and go, and there's the answer, right? Because it keeps looping in on itself. It's an endless process of looking at this paradox. And that that's where your intelligence comes into play. That's where you actually start to expand your awareness because you're not settling on any one thing. You're questioning it, you're questioning all of it because when you start to look at it, you start to realize that everything that's not paradoxical is oversimplified more often than not. So on that note, do we have free will, Andrew? That is, that is a fantastic question. Um, I mean, yes. And, and no, <laughs> it completely depends on the perspective that you take. And so the discussion of free will, I think it's, it's very common in our reality. It's something that, you know, philosophers have touched on for for hundreds if not thousands of years and there's going to be 
a completely different conversation depending how you see yourself. And so for a very long time, people have discussed, and is my video coming through all right? It's not spotty at all? Okay, cool. Just want to make sure. Um, for a very long time, like when you have the perception of yourself as something inherently separate from reality, the discussion of free will is still going to be paradoxical, but it almost becomes a, it does become a completely different conversation when you recognize that you aren't inherently separate from reality. So the, and what I used to talk about when I talked about free will, and I didn't recognize that I was just reality, that I was, that I thought I was this idea of what I think I am separate from everything else, not one thread in the fabric of, you know, the blanket of all of reality was that I had free will because I could choose to do things, but everything that I chose was dictated by everything that's always been. And I didn't choose my parents, my upbringing, my past, you know, whatever. So would I have always chosen that thing? Sure. But it's very much from the individual, uh, dualistic, inherently divided perspective. So when you, when you recognize that you are, you know, the flesh of you is everything that has always been and always will be that question of, you know, the decision that you made being dictated, you know, in a cause and effect sort of way from everything that's always been and, you know, your parents, how they raised you, but then you can go back to their parents and their parents and their parents and their parents. And, and for all of reality, basically you see that it comes back to here and now and where you're at and not so much the, the control that you have, because that's going to be taken from the perspective of having an idea of what the outcome is going to be and and based on what, you know, based on your preference of how you want things to go and, and your limited perception. But when you see that you're not inherently divided, it's not so much an idea of whether or not you have control, but it's the influence you have on yourself as yourself inherently connected to everything else. And so it's not even that you're having influence on anything else because there is nothing else it's just you're you're having influence it's like if you i almost picture it like if you do recognize that that you're that all of your flesh is everything that you can see interact with do for all of eternity in all of infinite reality it's just like a, a endless sort of sort of blanket and you're you're a thread in it and as you do things as you express not your will but just be will here and now it's like you kind of move the blanket up or down and so it's not that you're something separate having impact on the rest of the blanket but you are both the impact er and impacted and so as we talk a lot about it's it's about ripples and so you kind of create a ripple through the blanket but then everything else that is also you is also expressing will at all times. And so all of the other quote unquote threads that aren't really threads, because that implies some division too, but just, you know, for, for this imagery, they're all kind of moving up and down, just doing things, expressing will here and now. And so they're all rippling as well. So all of the, the whole blanket is kind of rippling at once but there's almost like not even any contrast anymore there's the perception of contrast between the ripples but they're all rippling simultaneously so it's kind of like 
one ripple with infinitely smaller ripples at all times. And so you have free will and that you're making a ripple, but that ripple is simultaneously being impacted by all the other ripples that are happening. So, and so none of the ripples are divided because they're all being impacted by the others. So everything and everyone else is expressing their free will, which is being impacted and impacting everything else all the time. And so because you're not disconnected, it's not so much you have control or a lack of control. You, you are will expressed here now. And so you have influence, but are also, you know, being influenced at the same time. So the conversation of free will totally shifts. Um, so anyway, those are some initial thoughts. I'll pass it to right now too. <laughs> well said. Yeah, absolutely. So here's another layer on top of that, let's just say. So when we're talking about this tapestry that we are, that there is no connection, that as you move, everything moves with you because it's all you. You just have the perception of separation, which is fine because that's where your experience comes from. And the same could be true for uh, the cells in your body. Right? Each and every cell in your body, each and every part of your body is doing its own thing. It's having its own experience. Does it have free will? Well, it's part of you. Does what you do influence it? Yeah. Does what it do influence you? Yeah. So is there free will? Because you're both connected. Right? It's just a matter of perspective in terms of scale. Right? This is me, my organ. This is me, my body. This is me, everything. And so even the word influence is kind of off. It's just the perspective of influence because we're a moving tapestry, right? It's not influence. We're just moving together. It's just that we have the perspective of individuality, which makes it very difficult to understand how that's just one thing moving together. But this is where you end up with that problem that you're like, oh, okay, well then if everything I'm doing is influenced by everything that came before me, then I have no free will. And it's like, yeah, okay. If, if this were a singular dimension in terms of, of reality just being this one timeline, but eternity and infinite uh, versions of now and all of that conversation that we've had before. So what I mean is that you were saying earlier that when you look at somebody else's life and where they are, you go, okay, if I were that person, I would have done everything that they did. And that's true. But if you were to take another iteration of that person's life, that same person, well, so let's do the exercise again where, you know, the universe started, universe ended, earth came, went, blew up, whatever, everything went to nothingness. And then eternity went by, another universe popped up, so on and so forth. And so we have infinite iterations of this universe and every other universe and so on and so forth over eternity. Okay. So same person that you would have done the same thing that they did in another variation of that lifetime, you would have done everything that they did too. See what I'm saying? So which one is what you would do? They all are. Each and every moment, you can do whatever you want. You can go in any direction that you want right now. And true, the direction you're most likely to go is going to be the direction of the current that you've been following based on your perception of it. That's the influence that doesn't dictate your action. You can go in any direction you want. And with awareness, you become aware of more and more directions, as well as the conditioning and the habits 
They keep you going in the same direction. And as you pivot, everything pivots with you. But the, the same is true for everything else. You're pivoting with it. The perception of division isn't there. Or rather, the perception of division is there, but the division itself is not. And so you have to consider that no matter what you do in your lifetime right now, there's always going to be a perfect universe where that's the appropriate thing to do. But you have access to each and every one of them in the here and now. They're all overlapping one another. All time exists now. It's not that you don't have free will. It's that there is nowhere to go except the expression of will. That's it. Like when we start thinking about the whole, and I wanted to read this because this is something that uh, our friend Spencer had said earlier. This body alone has absolutely no free will. And there's that, that individual view again, right? But I, have, but I have free will or everything as a whole, the real me has free will. Everything as a whole isn't going anywhere. Everything is already whole. There's, there's nowhere to go. So the idea of free will at that point is, is almost inaccurate because it's just will. It's just will. Every possible will that could be expressed is being expressed by us. This is the experience. That's all this is. And so it's really important to recognize that, it, that it's, not, it's not that you, your body, have no free will. There is no you, your body. There's just the perception of you, your body. There's no separation. There's no separation. You are the whole. You are will, and everything will move with you as you express it. Yes, that means you can be influenced by it. But again, that comes down to your level of responsibility. And that's also the importance of responsibility. Nobody, is, nobody dictates how you respond. See, you can say they do. You can pass the buck. You can even for a time be influenced by others because you're not aware of that responsibility that it's always on you, but it is nonetheless. That's the essence of responsibility. There is no one else to respond except you, which is will. That's what we are. We are will. It's just the idea of free will and predeterminism is really based on this idea of, of yourself versus the whole and how they're influencing one another, but it's not like that. It's a paradox. Yeah, because so people still maintain even through you know the conversation recognizing unity there's still perception that you know there there's the as alan watts puts it like the spotlight versus floodlight consciousness and it's like yes there is the perspective and the experience of i but how you perceive that to be is going to differ like the weight on which you hold on to that individual perspective and, and think of that as you is going to impact the conversation very much so because because people will recognize unity and then they'll still think that oh yeah but there's still me as something separate and that's kind of what we're kind of like letting go of in this conversation and and as people still cling to that there's still a clinging to that idea of you as something separate that completely shifts this conversation. Like you have to be able to let go 
of that idea of you, of that still, even if it's slight, slight perception of division, like that's still taken as truth in a lot of the free will conversations like, oh yeah, yeah, unity is great and all, but there's still me. And, and so do I have free will? Like that's not, you're it, like you're not that limited idea. You're not that thing that's separate in reality. That's, that's the illusion. And so to actually have this discussion, we have to recognize what's an illusion and what isn't here and now is less like less of an illusion not the degree of an illusion that uh the idea of you is and so there has to be it's almost like there has to be work done before having this conversation like if you're gonna have the conversation from the perception of division through taking an illusion to be the truth you're just beating around the bush like until that's recognized that the illusion of you is not the reality of you, the idea of you is not the reality of you. It's hard to have the to actually deepen into this conversation. And but once you do, then the conversation almost doesn't seem as important or as relevant because it's not so much do I have free will or do I not have free will? It's like, no, you're just it. There's no you controlling every, anything or being controlled by anything. Like control, I, I mentioned this on Discord, but control isn't really a part of the conversation anymore once you let go of the, the illusions. But until you do so, there's the concern of control because with the idea of you, the illusion of you comes the illusion of control. And it's always going to be a part of the conversation as long as you cling to that idea of you that you think you are, the illusion that you've always thought that you were reinforced by the story, by the preferences, by the opinions, by the thoughts. But as you let go of those, it's not so much about the control. It's just about you being the expression of yourself in every single moment. So the the cause and effect, the past dictating the present creating the future isn't so much because there is no past or future or anything other than where you're at here now and the infinite number of of potential opportunities they have to express that will so yeah but if i if I feel powerless day to day then I'm going to perceive myself as being influenced by everything else my brain is going to justify that powerlessness. It's really important to remember that. Often your view of free will is based on how you actually feel in your day-to-day -day life, because you're right. Philosophy is the disease for which it should be the cure, which we've said numerous times. And this is what I was saying earlier. It's great to be clever. It's great to be able to have this conversation and go down all the nooks and crannies. But how is it informing your here and now? How is it, how is it informing your life when you're not having that conversation? Are you enjoying the present moment? And I don't mean enjoying, but are you aligned with, are you actually in it? Or are you still going through all that internal dialogue, trying to figure out everything and define yourself in the process? Because ultimately that's, that's the point, right? Is it's not about whether or not you have free will, it's whether or not you're exercising it. And that's, that's really it. Like this is why there was a, 
somebody who reached out to me on TikTok and they're like, you know, I would argue that there is no free will. And I'd love to have a debate with you that there is no free will. And I wrote back, no. And that's the answer, isn't it? If I had no free will, I wouldn't have been able to say that. It's, it's not as simple as we would like it to be. But it's so important to recognize the danger of making it a philosophy and, de and denying the obviousness of your experience. It's kind of like the non-duality crap with that. There is no meanness. Who says so? Who said there was no meanness? Who was that? Right? It's the same with, uh, I have no free will. Who said that? How'd you say that? How'd you express that? Where'd the urge to say that come from? Somebody tell you to do it? Like you're denying something that is obvious. It's you. The reasons why you do things are a different story, but it's still you doing them, right? You are will and you are connected to everything else. And even that's inaccurate. Again, connected is incorrect. It, that's the thing. It, it still implies that separation's there. It's all you. And this is why Andrew, and again, if you haven't seen that episode of Raw, I'm not sure which one it was where we were talking about how everything is essentially just your flesh. And, and that means that everything is connected. It's not what you perceive it to be. It really is all connected to you. You're just focused on a very small part of you thinking that it's separate from everything else, but it all moves together regardless of your focus all the time. Yeah. And so for, because in all of these conversations, we have the perspective of you perspective of me and it's not about denying the meanness like we've talked like ray brought up with the non-duality crowd but it, it's recognizing how limited of a meanness that you've held on to for so long because when you recognize that it's all as we talked about in that raw episode like it's all your flesh like you are an expression of your flesh you are a, a cell within the body of reality but all the cells are reality no differently and and if all the cells in your body started thinking that they were not also the body they would start acting independently and you would die very quickly and so when we say it's it's there is the perspective of you but it's not cut off by the limited idea like there's still like if one of the cells, you know, cells did exist independently in the body and they were able to kind of look out, you know, like my, uh, the cell in this part of my hand was looking out and it was talking to the cell right here. And it was like, there is no, there is no me, like there is no meanness. And, and the other one's like, well, yeah, but then who am I talking to? Like, well, well me, but what this one doesn't get is just because there's no me doesn't mean there isn't the perspective of me from the recognition of being the whole body. Like you can recognize it's like if me and Ray are these two cells and we're like, no, it's not that there's no you, like it's still you having this perspective, but you've just always thought for so long that you were just this cell. And now you're trying to deny it because you experienced some trauma from that perspective. And now it's easier to just suppress that idea. It's not about that. It's about expanding that recognition and realizing that you are the entire body and you have will to have influence over the body, but it doesn't discount the fact that you're 
being influenced as well by the rest of the body. Like if the body, you know, the cells in the shoulder start getting sick or something, it starts to spread. Like these cells could have, could be impacted by that, you know, illness or like uh, injury even like sometimes you get injured in your shoulder and you feel it in your fingers because they're connected, but that doesn't discount the fact that these also in impact the shoulder and maybe these cells getting healthier could help heal the shoulder over here because those aren't disconnected either. And so taking it from the perspective, I think it's, it, it's very difficult. This, the recognition of unity, because we have the perception of division and it's so, solidify like it feels so real so taking it from the perspective of cells in the body we're able to recognize it more easily because we can see the connection like between me and ray right now we're i don't know probably 3500 miles apart but everything in between us is the same essence of me we just perceive you know the space in between but that's like you know, the space between my, my fingertip and you know, my nose, it's that exact same thing. It's that same perspective. And so it's going to have influence over each other. It's like, if the finger is here looking at the nose and be like, see, we're separate. And it's like, doesn't see all of this, but also realize that all the space in between my nose and finger made out of the same stuff too. And so when it comes to free will, it's, it's recognizing that you're not just that limited idea of, of that cell, but it doesn't deny the fact that you have the perspective of that cell. But through recognizing that you're the entire body, the idea of free will is a completely different conversation. And it's not so much about, you know, what control do I have? Like if this cell was like, what control do I have on, on reality? Or, or how am I being controlled? By reality, it's like, okay, well, you know, the finger moves it's like you're a part of that movement. It's not that you're controlling it or, or being controlled, like you're as much decide, quote unquote, deciding to move the finger as all of the other cells, but you're experiencing the movement differently than the nose would, but it doesn't mean that you're not the body. So I hopefully that's coming across. I think I think it does because it's just easier seeing the connection. I think the sight of the disconnect gets in the way of a lot of this conversation, but you know, the conversation just completely shifts as that perspective of me shifts from thinking you're just the cell to recognizing you're the body, but also having the perspective of the cell, but in no way does that mean that you're something separate from the body. That's interesting because really the question of control comes from the perspective of division. The more divided you feel, the more you, you want to know how much control do I have, right? Somebody actually said in the chat, like, well, you guys are aware, make lightning strike and perform a miracle and, and all that stuff. And so, see, that's, that's kind of the thing. Like, you're looking at it as a single cell should be able to drive the whole machine. But what if it's about the cells recognizing that they're the whole body and working together as a result? Right. Actually being able to perform miracles simply because they're no longer miraculous, because there's enough energy and enough complexity and enough attention and focus to make it possible, as opposed to one person feeling like, quote unquote, God, because there is no one person. It's all one thing. Right. And so it makes it really important to recognize, I think. 
being receptive to the response that your will, quote unquote, gets is a part of the evolution process. Like this question of, of do I have control comes from a state of mind that is unable to recognize itself and other people, right? There's still that question of me, the individual, how do I have control? And in getting rid of that perception of other people, you become more receptive to quote unquote other people. So what I mean is you become less fixated on yourself and so you become more sensitive to what happens as a result of what you do, right? Because everybody is you. So just like Andrew was saying, if I were to do something as a single cell in this body and it creates a ripple and the body responds in kind, well, often if, I, if I'm focused on what I want, on my will, my control, all that, I get kind of bitter and pissed off about how the body responded in kind because I don't see that it's me teaching me that in aligning with it, I'm actually allowing myself to be more aligned with the rest of me. And it's because I'm focused on control rather than alignment, rather than just being what I already am. So it's not about performing miracles so much as recognizing that you already are and just getting out of the way, right? But it really is recognizing the response is, is a part of your will as well. Right. Somebody was asking here in the chat, um, you know, so if I went out on a, on a murderous rampage, that would be my will expressed, like, right, and as would be the response to that. You can do whatever you want, understand, but reality is going to respond in kind, as you would, because it's you. In the same way that your body is its own thing, but when you get sick, other parts of your body come out to fight and come out to, to regulate that. It's the same is true with the whole. If you go out and you cause harm willy-nilly because you think, oh, this is what I want to do right now. It's coming from a place of disconnection. The body's going to respond in kind, like an immune system. It's all one thing. Right? It's all your will. It's just that you have a, a limited view of what that means because you're looking at yourself, the piece of the whole, instead of yourself, the whole, expressed in pieces. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think uh seeing it from the perspective of cells in a body like if it's easy to see the impacts and and impactedness of the cells in a body because they're we we still perceive them as having separate kind of iterations but that's not even true to to us as much like it's still you know some division being perceived there. Um, but I think it gets us sort of closer there. And again, like we were talking about before concepts are never going to be the reality of it. And, and even recognizing that, like you can, we can talk about how everything is a concept forever. You know, you can have that conversation literally for all of eternity, but all you got to do is recognize that it's never those concepts are never the truth. Even even the concept of discussing concepts not being reality is, is a concept, sure. And then it's like, and then you can drop it and then we can continue having more conversations about things other than, you know, being stuck on that. So if if you pictured, you know, going back to cells in the body, if if they were kind of having conversations with each other, you know, if, if they started philosophizing, it would be kind of strange it'd be kind of interesting if uh if two cells were like 
asking each other, do I have free will? And then because they thought they were just cells and then another came around and, and recognized that it was, you know, the whole body. And it was like, well, I mean, what do you think you are? And they're like, well, I'm the cell, of course. It's like, look around. Do you not see what you what you really are? And it's like that recognition. It just changes all of it. And so it it kind of stops the conversation and it's tracked like through the that recognition. It's not to say you can't have it, but the answer, I don't want to say it becomes more obvious, like it, it becomes less of a discussion, but it's just kind of like, what do you mean? There, there's no division anywhere between anything. There's no division between moments. There's no division between events. There's no division between space and you and anything else. So your will, it's not even, it's not something you own. You don't have will. You express it like you are it. You don't manifest things. You are the manifestation. Like you're it happening. You are one with the happening, just like things are happening to you and you're happening to them. It's just kind of, they all blend together into just here and now happening. What are you going to do with it? What do you want to do with it? If we can keep talking about the different perspectives that we can take and, you know, getting lost in the illusion of division, the perception of division kind of creates the conversation and the questioning that they can go on endlessly about free will. But once you recognize that that's not the truth, that the idea of you is not the reality of you, that you're not limited to this, just this idea that you've always thought you were divided from everything, like you're just it. There, there is nothing else to have impact over. Like you are the impact always here and now, always being had. That's really interesting because we are, we are will, right? But our will changes according to our perception of ourself to some degree. And what I mean is we've talked about this before, how when you perceive yourself to be an individual and separate, it only makes it only makes sense to try and feel in control. It only makes sense to be comparative and competitive because you're separate. You need to survive. You need to protect yourself. But as you start to recognize it's all you, not conceptually, genuine recognition. Well, all of a sudden, your will changes. I don't know if it changes so much. Maybe it's just not as distorted. Maybe it was this all the time, except distorted by your fear. But all of a sudden, your will is just for the whole. That's why everybody who goes down this path at a certain point, they're just like, I just want to keep giving. I just want to serve. I just want to get out of the way. And it's because your perspective of you being separate has disappeared. Or rather, it's vanishing. And as a result, you're acting more as part of the whole. That's interesting. You still experience it as your own individual will. Of course you would, right? But it's just the fact that your will is more reflective of, of the state of recognition that, that you're embodying. I think that's what changes our will. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does, for sure. Like, it becomes less about, I mean, the deeper and deeper you go, the the more the conversation shifts and the less it is about the conversation. Like the more it is just about 
what you're doing with it. And, and the conversation almost shifts away from trying to figure things out to just talking about whatever the fuck you want to talk about. And that's why we, we talk about so many different topics as much as we love going deep and, and talking about certain things. And, you know, free will has been something uh, coming up a lot recently in, in discord and other parts of our community. So we definitely want to chat about it, but there comes a point where it, it's less so about trying to figure it out when you recognize that there isn't anything to figure out and just be it at some point, just, just like at some point you're, you're just like, you just shut up and, and you just be the experience because you, you've recognized more and more clearly that you're just it, that you are it. And, and so it's like, what do you want to do with it? Do you want to keep beating around the bush, trying to, trying to figure out or, or go deeper when really that's just the, there comes a point where people just utilize that to try and define themselves further and, and feel more valuable because they're still very much perceiving themselves as something separate. They still very much see themselves as something within everything even having the perspective of being connected to everything isn't it because connection implies you know the potential for division yes if, if you start feeling less connected there's a disconnect and it's like no there's no connection or disconnection those don't exist there's the perspective if you have a, a limited idea of yourself you can feel like you know, there's connection and therefore could possibly be a disconnection, but there's no, there's no things that could be connected. It's not even think like there aren't things that could be connected. Like it's just it. And it's not even one thing. It's just it. There's no bounds to it. So it's not one. It is for eternity, infinitely forever. And, and so through that, the conversations completely shift like you can keep going deeper into what that means but it, it becomes more of a balance than a focus yes and and you kind of go back and forth between hmm, uh, questioning things and wondering things and talking about you know the depths of this to hmm, what do i want to eat for lunch today i'm gonna i'm gonna make something new try something new and that's what it becomes more about like it comes full circle carry chop Chop wood, carry wood. I almost said chop water, carry wood. Wait. <laughs> I don't even know how that goes anymore. I just confused myself. That statement, chop wood, carry water. That uh, There it is. <laughs> Before enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. After enlightenment, chop wood, carry water. So so you kind of just like go through this process and, and you have a completely different perspective on everything. But you're, the things you do aren't so different than you were doing before you maybe recognized it. And it becomes, you recognize that that's just it, is, is how fully you can be where you're at and focused on what you're doing, as opposed to trying to conceptualize the idea of concepts being conceptualized <laughs> or, or whatever that means. Yeah, well, that's it, right? Like, the only thing that really changes is that you get to live your life now for you. You get to live your life. And, and 
without the doubt and the fear, the worry, all the strings pushing you back and forth just because you don't know that you're already everything and not complete. Like that's the whole thing. You're just free of all of that, that inner narrative. It's not like it doesn't exist. You just don't take it as truth. And, and that's really the only difference. You're actually in what you're doing. And that's more or less why we're having this conversation. But it's so, it's so tempting to think that just because Andrew and I are having this conversation, that the conversation is the point. Right. The conversation is helpful. The conversation is important because a lot of us don't have this conversation. And so the ability to start getting into this stuff without being judged, the, the ability to question things, the ability to have this dialogue is all really important. But outside of the dialogue, what are you doing with it? Because when I'm not here chatting with Andrew or I'm not talking to one of our community members or doing a one on one session or anything like that, I'm pretty quiet. Like I go for a walk, I sit, I enjoy the feeling of the sun uh, of the sun on my face. I talk to somebody on the street. I'm fully immersed in the conversation I'm having with them about whatever it is they want to talk about. It's not like I'm out there constantly having this conversation about higher minded stuff at all, because it's fun to have that conversation. It's informative to have that conversation, but it should be informing what you do in between, which is your state of peace. Right? Your own state of contentedness and, and fulfillment in the here and now. Right? So it's, it's, it's important to have the conversation, sure. And I wanted to say this very quickly. Andrew and I have this conversation five days a week, and we do groups and so on and so forth for a very specific reason. Not because the conversation is the point, but because it's a podcast, for one, which means that if we just sat here not saying anything, nobody would listen. Right? The second point is, is quite simply, as I said, this conversation doesn't happen enough. It hasn't been happening for a very long time. And it's because we'll have little pockets of humanity emerge and start having this conversation. And where before they used to be you know, murdered and burned at the stake, society is just not very accepting of this conversation because we're at a certain developmental level collectively. And so the conversation often dies or it gets railroaded or it ends up getting taken over by ego and it becomes about profit and, and all of that other stuff. And so if there's anything Andrew and I are doing, we're just keeping the discussion going. That's all we're doing. We're sitting in a room, making sure the conversation is here for anybody who wants to enter the room. But don't stay in the room. Go outside. Live. Let the conversation inform your life. We're going to stay here and keep doing this so you can come back when you want to. You can even send people back this way so they can maybe experience a bit more of the conversation so they can leave the room and experience more of what's out there too. But understand that's all we're doing here. We're just keeping the conversation going until it catches fire and it starts being in more and more places, more and more available to more and more of us, more and more of you. And that's how we change. But the conversation is only part of it. It's what you do with it. It's how you apply it. It's whether or not you're willing to serve. It really is. And I say service just because that is possibly the, the most offensive thing to the ego. It really just doesn't like the idea of letting go. Yeah, I, I absolutely love having this conversation, but I also recognize that it's not the point of it like it it is very much a, a large part of our week because there is so much to talk about we we don't always harp on you know the the nitty-gritty of it we'll we'll get deep for sure but 
even, you know, when we have guests or in the groups, it's not like, you know, we force everyone into this certain specific type of conversation. Like we very much want to see with guests, like how they've applied things in their life and what they've learned in their life and, and kind of we're eventually able to tie things all together. But, you know, outside of these conversations, I'm happy to have it with everyone, with anyone and everyone. And I will for fun, bring it up here and there, but it's not every aspect of my day is, is surrounding, you know, trying to figure out these things or, or conceptualize or, or get caught up in even just the recognition that concepts are never truth. And it's important to recognize that. But like what I'm saying is there comes a point where it's like, live your life, you know, and, and with my friends, when I'm with them, like I'll do, you know, watch sports and talk to them about sports and stuff. And there is, there has been parts of me where I've thought like, this is really lame like there are times where like i don't want to be doing it and I, and so i won't but at the same time like if someone's really caught up and enthusiastic like if i'm with one of my friends who's a huge fan of a certain sports team like i'm just very intrigued by them and i want to learn more about you know the team and what's going on and blah 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 and it's like my my attention is there and it's fully there and it's not thinking you know it's not clinging to opinions about what it is, even though I may not be, you know, I grew up playing a ton of different sports and it was always a big part of my life. I was never necessarily a huge fan of any teams, but it was definitely a massive part of my life. But that's, you know, another way to experience yourself and, and have enjoy the experience and, and to think that going through the philosophizing of all of this is the right way to live or more people should be doing so is clinging to that opinion and preference and, and going to continue to cut you off from the freedom that's available when you finally let go of that perspective too, that, that this is the best way to spend it. Like I've, I've gone through lots of ups and downs with getting caught up and thinking that, that this is, you know, the best way to spend it, that more people should be thinking about these things. And it's really not about that because once you get to a point in this conversation, you realize it was never really about that, but it, it can be a helpful way for people to let go of some of their shit, but to a point, because as soon as you start clinging to this, it's just the same as clinging to anything else, just the same as clinging to anything else. It's not that this is a quote unquote better thing to cling to anything you cling to. And so that's the practice. And that's the thing with the ego. It's a sneaky motherfucker, that devil of identity of, of attaching to certain things is one sneaky motherfucker. Like it can take these conversations and turn it into another thing that you're attaching to no differently than you had always been attaching to that idea of yourself and all of your fears and worries and, and things that created all of your suffering for so very long. So even when you start getting caught up in this conversation, like, again, not to say there's anything wrong with it, but to think that it's the end all be all 
the conceptualization, the conversation, the, the, I don't know, feeling of smartness that comes from being able to express things clearly isn't about it either. That's just as much a trap as any of the other things that we attach to or identify with. As he said, yeah, if you meet the Buddha in the road, kill it. Right. Because it is every time you get to that conceptual truth, aha, this is it. It's not, it might be a tool. This is why we say, uh, this is why we were saying earlier on, like they're tools, use them, never commit to them, never be afraid to let them go or question them or change them or let them adapt and evolve over time. It's really important, right? Because there is no conceptual truth. That's, that's the thing the brain hates. It's like, I got to set a lot of truths. You don't actually just, just live because that's what this is living. It's just interesting how much of a soundtrack we have over that, over that life. That's it. It's just the practice of getting out of that soundtrack or recognizing that it's there, right? That it's not necessarily all there is. And, and I think that's really all this is about to me anyway, admittedly, like as much as I enjoy the high minded conversations about free will and time and space and all that other fun stuff. The fact is, is that for me, this is more of a personal thing. Like I spent so long in that hell that the recognition, oh, that's not me. Oh, the thing I'm thinking about is actually not me. It's just an idea of me. Holy, what? That set me free, changed my life. To me, that's the only fucking point. This is all fun. Don't get me wrong. Okay. But that suffering, that's the thing that's important to me. The recognition that the narrative, the illusion that you're participating in because you don't recognize that it's not truth because your brain is doing it on its own out of necessity, that whole thing, that's all I want. It's all I want in general is just to let you know it's not what you think it is and it's optional. It really is as a point of focus, it's optional that you can actually step outside of it and live. Just live your life. You can be in what you're doing for the sake of what you're doing. You can say what you want to say for the sake of saying what you want to say. And that doesn't mean you lack sensitivity. It means you actually get past that point where you need to say anything. See, that's it, right? Just live your life. But so much of what we do in terms of living comes from need and fear and awkwardness and a feeling of disconnect and a sense of lack and all that stuff. But none of that is reality itself. Reality is here and now. So I always say, like, in the here and now, there really aren't any problems. There's just you here and now. Right? And what do you want to do with that? But it's the mind. The mind creates problems. You know, it's like uh, Shakespeare. You know, nothing is good or bad, but thinking makes it so. Yeah, exactly. That's a powerful one for sure. But, uh, yeah, a lot of times we kind of create our own problems and uh conflict with reality through that thinking and that and that perception and whatnot someone asked uh if you meet the boot in the road kill it what does that mean exactly so so for me it's it's the settling upon an answer settling upon a, a an idea that oh i've i've figured it out oh this is it i've got it and and holding on to that because as soon as you're holding on to that it's not it you know, as soon as you think you've gotten it, it's no longer it. As you hold on to that, it be, just becomes an idea. It becomes another concept. Oh, I got it. This is this is this is what it's all about, guys. Listen to me. I figured it out, 
and it becomes something you identify with, something that builds you up, boosts that ego, makes you feel better because because you get it and someone else doesn't. Now you can explain it to people and you know be clear about things. And it very much is you know wolf in sheep's clothing. The idea that you have it figured out, or even the idea that you're even potentially the idea that you're figuring it out, that you're getting closer to it can be very destructive because it's always going to be, it's a process nowhere. It's a journey nowhere. There is no figuring it out. There is no having it figured out. It's just the process of being it and experiencing it. And if you have the perspective that you're figuring it out, it means that there is a point in which you have it figured out. You think there is a Buddha in the road. And then so the Buddha in the road, if you see the Buddha in the road, kill it. Eventually you get to that point. You're like, oh shit. Oh, it wasn't. There was nothing to figure out. And and you could argue there's a process of figuring out that there's nothing to figure out. But again, that's something that can go on for eternity, that conversation. And so understanding that anytime you think, anytime you utilize anything, a conversation, uh, an understanding of things to feel better about yourself, like be very, very wary of that. Be very careful of those things that you hold on to, to try and build yourself up. Because as soon as it gets questioned or someone comes around and and questions you you feel like you're getting torn down all of a sudden and if your value is fluctuating based on that it's definitely going to be uh some severe consequences to that eventually unavoidable as you cling to certain ways of existing to feel like you're more valuable so it, it's a letting go of those it's, it's a recognizing that that value doesn't shake or waver so just try try some new things dig into stuff experience things and stop talking so much sometimes just just stop and just just be where you're at for a bit as i said try you know try some new stuff and just be in that and you may realize that the conversation and the discussion of concepts and whether or not concepts are concepts or truth or truth as concept like that was never as important it was never as impactful or as influential as as you thought really it was just you know allowing you to feel a little bit better temporarily but taking you further from the genuine recognition i always really enjoyed the expression if you meet the buddha in the road kill it and it's, it's just because it sounds so contradictory, which is the point, right? Because when you think about the Buddha, you get this picture of enlightenment and peace and love and that whole thing. And then when you think about killing something, it's very violent. And so there's a direct contradiction. And the reason is because Buddha isn't Buddha. See, that's the whole point. Your idea of Buddha wasn't what Buddha was. That's what Buddha was saying. Find your Buddha nature. Find your nature because that's my nature. Right? So everybody's idea of Buddha wasn't Buddha. It isn't Buddha. Everybody has an idea of Buddha as this picture of enlightenment. But he was just you. 
right? There is no Buddha in the way that we're looking at it. The concept is not the reality, which is why when you meet the Buddha in the road, what you're really seeing is this picture of enlightenment, that picture of like, this is it. This is the golden truth. This is the path. This is the, and, and all of that. And it's never, it never is. It never is because as soon as it's an attachment, you're no longer free. And that's the reason that you have to watch out for the, the wolves in sheep's clothing. Those who would tell you that they're the Buddha, those that would tell you that this is the path. You know, Andrew and I are just talking about the process of being process. There's no path to follow. You are the path. It's the entire point. The question is, how do you want to walk it? Do you want to walk it with your eyes shut, walking into things, wondering why it hurts? Or do you want to open your eyes? Maybe take in some shit that you didn't see, think was there. Maybe some shit that you didn't want to be there. And then adapt. And walk through your life with your eyes open. It's really the only question. There's no point. It really comes down to you. You can live your entire life in egotism. You can live your entire life focused on what you want, being selfish, as it were, focused on the limited idea of you. You can do that. And there's nothing wrong with it. There's nothing wrong with it. But for a long time, that's how we got here is through so many of us investing in that path. There's nothing wrong with it, but it has a consequence and our body responds. And if we don't listen to our body responding, that generally goes bad for us. It changes the environment, which is when we start to respond, right? Just like when you're sick, you may not take care of your body until one day you catch a cold and all of a sudden you're out there buying vitamin C and all kinds of other fun stuff that you could have been buying before you got sick. It really comes down to how long are you going to wait? And no one's going to force you to be open your eyes or be more aware or, or whatever. And, and no one's going to do it for you. And a lot of people are actually going to convince you that it's better to keep them closed. And it's, it's better to, you know, keep, keep wondering, keep questioning because maybe they say that they have the answers for you, you know, just, just follow them. And if we're ever saying anything, it's, don't do that. Don't think of us that way. Certainly we're in, in the same boat as you just be an it. And it's just your willingness to let go of that comfortable, but you know, root of your suffering, that comfortable perception of yourself. Like how willing are you to let that go? And, and to what degree? Cause that kind of dictates your Entire experience and this whole conversation totally shifts when you are willing to look that in the face and recognize, oh, you know, this isn't me and I don't have to keep clinging to it. And so your experience no longer comes down to how well you can build it or, or how much you can gain or, or how well you can discuss these things because you realize there is nothing to build so you can do it for fun but that process eventually gets less fun i guess when you realize that there, it's not actually building something like when you're just doing it for the sake of doing it and just being it for the sake of being it nowhere to get nothing to be nothing to prove nothing to validate and nothing to lose there's there's a, a shift in the desires that come with that 
and it really does expand beyond yourself expands beyond that limited idea of yourself and because yeah with the with the conversation and the the conceptual like if you're having it from the limited idea of you and think that it means something about you and that it's going to build the idea of yourself you're very much caught up in you and and you're not seeing the rest of yourself and so you're you're blind to the to the lack of impact that you have by just conceptualizing everything and continuing to have the conversation continuing to philosophize you know you're you're blinded almost to the to the lack of impact and again not to say that you should have impact on you know others quote unquote others other iterations of you the rest of reality but it's just a shift in feelings and recognizing that in each moment you have the potential to do anything and it's what do you want to do with it and depending how you see yourself is going to dictate how you want to see that and when you're when you're very much caught up in the conceptual discussion of it and the philosophy and the reasoning and and utilizing that as a source of value to feel better you know you're limiting your impact or influence like it's not really going anywhere not to say that it's going anywhere ever but uh i don't know everything just kind of shifts when you start to see things differently and then the conversation of free will completely changes when you recognize the reality of what you are yeah it does and it changes how you have that conversation like i said for me i was all gung-ho and i thought i i I was super clever i was pretty good at talking about all of this stuff and then it really just came down to right but who am i trying to convince and that one hit me hard it really did like it just kept hitting me right it's not about other people at all it's about me if i wasn't totally good with my life as a whole with my existence i wouldn't be doing this it took me a long time to, to even consider doing this again the conversation getting out because of the temptation because of the danger in terms of people grasping on the conceptual stuff and more importantly me feeling more important because i'm so good at this conceptual stuff right so i had to get rid of all that stuff it really just had to be about me living my life and being happy and fulfilled and and content and whole and all that other fun stuff and i am I just happen to enjoy this conversation, right? There's nowhere to go. I'm not trying to get anywhere. I'm certainly not trying to save the world, but I'm changing direction because I can, because I am will. I am part of the body. I have every right to do so. The only thing I'm watching is the response of that body. And admittedly, the response of that body has changed over 20 years, right? At first, it was like an immune response to the recognition that we are not our individual selves. All of a sudden, the body's like, I don't like that. Shut that shit down, right? It was like uh, out of inception when all the characters in the dream start recognizing that you're the dreamer and they all just come after you, right? It's basically what it was like. The immune system of this egotistical body hates this conversation, but that's changing. And it's changing because I'm not going anywhere. And there's more and more of me recognizing what I am. And that's it. And the conversation will continue to change. The body will continue to change so long as, again, we focus on alignment rather than force, 
rather than control, understand, understanding that what's best for the body is the recognition that you are the body. That's it. It's not forcing it to do what you want. It's aligning with it. So that way you can have at least the clarity to just live free of that distortion of that cancerous mentality that's dragging us down. It's really all it's about. It's about how you live. The rest is just fun, right? The rest is just conversation for the sake of facilitating your change, right? But the change itself, you experience in your moments by yourself, especially. That's why I embrace those moments. Take those moments of silence. Remember, there's no one to convince. Nobody needs to get this. It's just you. Yeah, that was one that hit me pretty hard recently was that there's no one to convince and there's nothing you have to do to convince anyone. You don't have to spend your time trying to get people to get this or wishing that they got this because you get to a point where you realize like, fuck, I'm just creating a lot of suffering for myself right now by by wanting others to get this, by expecting them to get this, by thinking there's a point where you're so clear that you can just convince everyone to get it because that's not it. And I was actually I was talking to my brother a little bit this weekend about um, this conversation and just our process of having the podcast and spreading the word and whatnot. And he's like, I really think if you guys, you know, tried to explain it, more in in simpler terms you might reach like a broader audience or or whatever and and i was like i i totally hear what you're saying and if we did spend all of our time in that space of just trying to you know, make it as as simple as as clear as and try and make it try and curate it in a way that's applicable to as many people as we can there would be a it would be distorted to a great degree as well as our energy would be distorted to a great degree and so from the egotistical divisive sort of perception of division type mentality that makes sense to try and get everyone to understand it and saying the message in whatever way, shape, or form you can in order to maximize the following, basically, the amount of people listening. And because that is what, you know, logically makes sense. If we make our money from having a certain amount of people listening, like do everything we can to maximize listeners, like in a capitalistic society, profit is going to be tried to be had at all costs, even the costs of you know, the environment that you exist within that's partially dictating your experience. It's like it's a it's a monster in and of itself. And so our our goal isn't that. It's not about maximizing it for ourselves. It's about maximizing it for ourselves as reality. And so it's it's not something that we can just shift our or try and distill so clearly that more people get it because there's an energy with that that's going to distort the whole message like if we spent like we we'll we'll mention here and there like you know if you're enjoying this conversation whatever like 
that we we really don't mention it on the podcast actually i'll mention it on my videos here and there you know if, if you enjoy this check out dualistic unity but it's it's a balance it's a it, it's a tricky balance that isn't understood by the divisive mentality by the collective egotistical mentality like why don't you guys mention you know follow more often or or make sure you know if we spent every episode like after my intro i was like make sure to smash that subscribe button if you're enjoying the conversation like there's just a totally different energy to that because it isn't so much about that and, and it's not about doing it for the sake of us it's about doing it for the sake of of you and so what what are you deriving from the conversation and it's so much a balance that we push people to stop listening to a point because that's the impact we want the impact we want to be able to utilize this as a ripple in reality but not be it you know because if we were doing that then we would we would start being seen as as quote unquote in this in the phrase if you meet the buddha in the road kill it we'd start being seen as the buddha and so we're telling people to kill it telling people to kill the idea of dualistic unity kill your attachment to this conversation come and go as you please as you see fit in order to create a, a better life for yourself or a, or a freer life not even better but just freer existence and experience but it's it's not about that endless gain at all costs like th there's very much has to be a balance with this conversation like you know the discussion versus the experience like is it is the discussion informing your experience or taking away from your experience is this conversation you know an expression of the freedom that we feel in ourselves or is it taking away from the freedom we feel in ourselves if we feel like we need to use it in order to get somewhere aka what more free like then it's just taking away from it yeah we we want to this to be something that we can just do every week and have the conversation and and not have to worry about you know doing one-on-ones or whatever on top of it so much but if we pushed that you know too quickly our energy along the way would be so distorted that it would kind of crumble in itself it, it would topple before we got there it's like it has to be an expression of freedom along the way and allowing the chips to fall as they may and so that's what we we can't talk about this stuff and not embody it along the way or it's going to be distorted so i i know i was talking about like what my brother brought up but i don't know exactly how i got to that but anyway like the conversation has to be an expression of of your own freedom just like this podcast is for us just like everything and and if it isn't if it's for an ulterior motive you're actually shooting yourself in the foot you're actually cutting down your freedom as opposed to using it as a way of expressing your freedom yeah well said absolutely and i i really i think that that's really important for our audience and our, our community to to know and i know a great many of them do so i'm certainly not referring to everyone but you know it's like l ron hubbard the uh, founder of scientology said before he died if i wanted to be rich i would start a religion which is 
kind of funny considering what came after, right? And and that's it, is that because this show, this podcast, this community, this conversation, because I don't want and, and don't feel any lack in myself because I'm not trying to teach anything or anything like that. Um, it really is about the conversation. And I take that very seriously. And I appreciate the fact that Andrew does as well. And he has since the very beginning that it's never been about Andrew feeling better about himself or Andrew putting himself on a pedestal. And I know because I've tested the waters here and there. I've asked him little questions like, how you doing? And it, he, every time he brings himself back down to ground level. And that's why we continue to work together because it is so very important to me that we not add the add to the distortion just out of fear. You know, that's why we spent, we spent 16 months doing this before we ever turned on, on to full-time, right? It's because, and I know I'm a sales and marketing guy. I have been for a long time. It is so counterproductive to tell people who are following you to not follow you because it's not in their best interest. That is not a marketing campaign. This is not something that you do if you want to make a great deal of money at all. But it is something you do if the message and the person that you're talking to is what's important to you about the integrity of your message, that you're not just self-soothing, you're not doing it just for you, that you actually are doing it from a state of recognition and fulfillment. It's so important to do that. And while I know we mentioned Patreon and we mentioned our workshops and we do try to create as many opportunities to get together as possible, we really are trying to do it for as little as possible. We really are trying to do as much as we can without necessarily bowing to, to corporate sponsors and whatnot and trying to sell products that we don't believe in and don't want. It really is just a matter of, of doing it the hard way because in doing it the hard way, at least we know the foundation, right? It really does come down to that. And this is true with your life, right? Going through the experiences, we talk about this all the time, going through things the hard way is sometimes the best way for you to find out more about yourself, right? This journey of dualistic unity for me is an expression of everything I've ever learned about myself. So the integrity in terms of the, the points and the conversation in my own state of mind is, is very important to me. More, more important by the recognition that any distortion on my end will impact you. And so I really just try and keep that in mind. But to do that, we have to let go of everything that everybody tells us in terms of marketing the podcast, getting in front of those clients, building up that revenue stream. It's not that we don't want to because we have fantastic ideas. Oh my God. But time, time. The foundation's more important than the speed with which you build, right? And I'll use the example actually, because I wanted to mention this. I have mentioned Mr. Beast in the past and his fixation on the entertainment side of things, which is just fine. There's nothing wrong with that, but I've often expressed it would be great if he did something with that towards the whole. Mr. Beast just sponsored a thousand cataract surgeries. He just helped a thousand people get their eyesight back. That's incredible. And now he's asking on Twitter, like, why don't governments do this? Why aren't we doing because we're wrapped up in ourselves, Mr. Beast. And I left a comment on that tweet specifically that we're so busy trying to survive and seeing ourselves as separate. It doesn't even dawn on us that we can take care of other people. And that's the point. And as we start to learn that, which is really what this conversation's about, then that, will, that intention will start to grow and more resources will become available. Maybe we'll even talk to Mr. Beast at some point and do something huge 
for the world, because it really is just about all of us coming to that realization that we can on our own for ourselves, not because we should, not because it makes us a guru, not because it makes us moral, not because of any of that shit that puts us up on an invisible pedestal, but because we're free and it just makes sense. Yeah, um, I would say Mr. Peace is, when it comes to someone who does think of themselves as inherently separate from everything is a pretty good example of the possibilities that you can do. And I mean, that example for sure, but he's someone like, I, I've seen some of his interviews and watched a couple of his videos, not a whole lot, but from my understanding, like he really doesn't hold on to much for himself. I mean, he's spent, I mean, he's just like, his thing is YouTube videos. That's all he cares about. He, it seems like he really doesn't feel the need to have much outside of the ability to just do that. And so he doesn't, have that much despite making like millions tens of millions of dollars over the last number of years everything just reinvests into that to now that he he has like you know a valuation of like a billion dollars or something and so it's pretty cool now that he he has built this and he is you know every video probably brings in a shitload of money that he's like holy shit i can I can have impact on these things. And that's really cool because that is not very common, but it makes sense for him because he's all he's never been so caught up in himself and like, oh, I want to do this to, you know, get a, you know, nice car or a big house or whatever. Like it's more so I want to create videos. So it's still, you know, limited to a degree, but it's, I think with that, there is, you know, the altruistic sort of like being an entertainer, like this is for people to watch. And so now being at a point where he does have tons of money and is worth a ton of money and all of that, like that he's, it makes sense that the next step is, oh, uh, that that's all kind of figured out making the videos. That's great. Where else can we put this? And so that's really cool because that's where we see all of this going it's like we're we're just going to keep having the conversation everything we do is pretty low cost you know we don't like our youtube videos the podcast episodes they're not costing like he does you know hundreds of thousands of dollars sometimes so our our cap on things is very low in terms of what we need especially relative to mr beast for his sort of production um and then beyond that, it's like we're going to be able to start figuring out. We're already wondering what can we do to help ourselves as reality. You know, things like you know, the thousand cataract surgeries. That's fucking incredible. But beyond that, just like however many ways. And and once we're we're set with things, that's going to be the focus. Is what impact can I have on? This reality, because when it comes down to it, we brought this up before, but like it's selfish in the sense that we're experiencing our environment and we have to exist in a world that we can actually have impact on. Like we can change the environment and people don't recognize that they're so focused on themselves that they don't realize that they can have impact on their environment, which shifts their reality as well. It shifts their individual experience. Just the same as you know, buying themselves something. And and really, like, 
there comes a point with buying yourself stuff that you're just kind of perpetuating the suffering. You're reinforcing it. There's no end to that void. You keep trying to fill it with things for yourself. And it's never been about that. There is no fullness of a void that you can fill through other things through materialistic objects or even validation from others or emotions from others. It has to be in yourself for yourself and, and recognizing that that idea of you that perpetuates that void and all of that lack isn't the reality of you. And so that void that you've always felt isn't even there. That's been an illusion as well. And so as that goes, why there's nothing, there's not so much to need because there's nothing to fill because it's already full because it was never really there. So that's why this conversation I find is so important because that's a recognition that you eventually get to that there was never even a void to begin with. It was just your perception of a void that kept you in that state of, of never feeling enough, no matter how much you get. And then once it's, once it isn't there anymore, you start looking beyond yourself because you're already full and you're already complete. And it's like, all right, how can I help others to recognize this as well? Because you see yourself in them. You have empathy. You don't perceive so much division and uh, a separate life because that's going to reinforce that that suffering just like that that void always did. So, yeah, everything shifts as this perspective shifts. For sure. But this is going to be a, a different kind of journey, right? Because I was watching an interview with Mr. Beast and he was saying that uh, early on when he really first started making good money. Um, bought himself like a million dollar house and sports car or two and things like that. Well, he was, he was all into it. And then it was after that, he realized this is that isn't actually changing my life any. And he actually mentions it in an interview that he recognized it wasn't adding to his life any. And that's, that's the journey that we're talking about. But there's so many examples of that, like Jim Carrey, for example, you know, he had to get everything that he ever wanted. And then he realized, uh, there's nothing I want. I don't like this. This isn't what I want. This isn't me. Right. And so here we are already recognizing all that. There's nothing I want to buy. <laughs> like, I think it's really important to recognize, like if anybody were to walk up and give me a billion dollars, I wouldn't be spending it on me or, or rather I would be, but not Ray. Right. Because I don't need anything. I'm the happiest person just, you know, with my, my coat and my track pants and the same collection of t-shirts that I've had for three years. I don't give a shit. It doesn't mean anything to me. And that's what changes how this moves forward, right? Is the fact that all of those resources to me are just resources, right? Like think about Mr. Beast paid for a thousand cataract surgeries. How many times do you think Elon could have done that? And, and they don't. Well, why don't they? Well, because it doesn't make any sense to them. How does that add to my value? How does that add to my public appearance? How does that add to the accumulated wealth? How does that add in terms of, you know, investment and return and everything that goes with that mentality? It's not until you're fulfilled in yourself that you can really start to share and serve. And that's the point, right? So yeah, anything that happens here on Dualistic Unity in terms of growth and everything else, we're all a part of this. I'm so very excited about that by the fact that anything that happens with this is the result of everyone who's involved. So it will continue to grow because it is an organic type of growth that's, in, that's happening because 
individual cells within this body are recognizing that they're not individual. And it's changing how the body works. And so I look forward to moving forward. I wanted to actually just add something very quickly, two things, because we have to wrap up in about four minutes here before a brief break, and then we'll continue on Patreon. Do join us tomorrow, if you can, for our roundtable episode. Tier 2 and Tier 3 supporters on Patreon have access to the registration form. Several people have already signed up. So we would love to see you on that episode tomorrow night at 6 p.m. Eastern time. Just wanted to throw that out there. Secondly, Graham Hancock. I have been really enjoying every interview that I have found with Graham Hancock. I ran across one where he was specifically talking about the possibilities that we have lost certain abilities to align with and impact reality over time, largely as a result of our collective mentality. I very much want to have Mr. Hancock on the show. And so I wrote to him, uh, if you would like to see Graham Hancock on the show, I encourage you to write to him. Go to GrahamHancock.com. Let him know about dualistic unity and how much we would value his input and very much uh, appreciate the conversation about ancient civilizations, where we might have been, where we may be going again. It's all very exciting. So that is definitely one of the guests that is in my sights currently. I know uh, Amanda already reached out to him, and I appreciate that very much. But anybody in our community, if there's anyone that you want us to talk to, Russell Brand, Joe Rogan, so on and so forth, just tell them in their comment section. Leave messages for them. Feel free to send them an email because we do the best that we can. But as Andrew and I were saying, everything that we have kind of goes in, into more and more of dualistic unity. We're not going to pay someone like Jordan Peterson $1,000 or more to come and appear on the show right now. So it really just comes down to public opinion and pressure. So if you want these people to talk to us, let them know that we're here and we'd very much appreciate it. Yeah, it's uh, inevitable at this point, I think, that we're going to cross paths at some point with uh, with all of those characters. Um, and those will be very, very fun discussions because, yeah, I mean, all of them. Recently, we got another one today. It's going to be an awesome, awesome time. And it's just been fun as, as you know, things have expanded and we've gone from season one, two, three, four, every every season we sort of expand our reach and and include more iterations of us uh, to keep going through things. And with that, you know, people with larger audiences and whatnot has, has inevitably happened, but it's really going to be like it always has been, not a focus on people we think would get us views, but just people we want to talk to just people we find interesting is all all it comes down to and that's i know that's something like joe rogan's always sort of had that mentality and he continues that like he doesn't give a fuck who the person is if he wants to talk to them he has them on and he just has a conversation with them and that's that's the same mentality that we're holding on to and and so you know with people like that you know a graham hancock i gotta get more into some of his stuff i've seen some clips especially that one you sent that tiktok is like holy shit that is uh yeah that that would be a cool guy i'm curious like how much time he spent chewing on it and like his perspective of himself through all of these recognitions that he's having that's going to be really cool to to figure out in our conversation at some point like with all of our recent guests there's you know <laughs> 
I love asking the question of what's your perspective on God? Because a lot of them through, even if it's not directly recognize that they're it, but it's still, you know, that perception of division is so strong that they may not even realize it until they start, you know, talking about it a little bit more. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting. Moving forward is exciting. I just, everybody who's already joined the community, you've already made this mind-blowing and life-changing and i really appreciate everything that i continue to see every day even in terms of the private messages discord chat patreon supporters sending us messages and, and whatnot we really we really appreciate anything that you're doing even just listening to this it really does help and everything you are really does help because you are the point so on that note we're going to end this episode of Dualistic Unity Raw. We'll take a brief break, and then we're going to continue on on Patreon, patreon.com slash dualisticunity. Today is a tier one conversation. So for only $5 a month, you can join today and twice a week. So you get a combined three and a half hours of discussion time with us every week, all the time, because we enjoy doing this. And if you want to upgrade, you can actually chat with us up to five times a week where we have these group discussions. If you haven't seen a group discussion, join us on Wednesday. We do a free public group. You can register at dualisticunity.com. It's an hour long. Seating is limited, but registration is free. And that's it for today. All right. Bye, everyone.